say coming from Belmont, Maine. Well, good morning, everybody. Sorry to be running just a little bit late. Uh, Our internet was completely out uh, and then it was a little bit wonky for a little while. And uh, but we're back. We're on and it looks like my stream uh, internet stream is solid now. Even as we were getting started, uh, we were um, Having just a little bit of issue. In fact, even now, it's still kind of blinking a little bit at me like uh, there's something going on. Hopefully on your end, it is all copacetic. And um, we're in Matthew chapter 21 today and uh, picking up, uh, you know, we've covered the triumphal entry. We've talked about Jesus cleansing the temple. We looked at Jesus... uh, Last week, we looked at uh, the curses of the fig tree and lessons from the fig tree. Uh, and this morning, we pick up with the authority of Jesus being challenged by 
by by the religious leaders, and oftentimes it's the religious people who get in the way uh, and want to ask all these questions about things, and uh, because well, it has to fit into our box, and if it doesn't fit our box, if we can't explain it, if, if it's not done the way we think it ought to be done, then certainly it cannot be a work of God. And in fact, I would tell you, as I have been watching. Uh, People on Facebook, there's been uh, lots of, you know, skepticism about what's been happening in Asbury. Now, now they are shutting that down. I want you to know uh, they're not shutting down the movement of God, but they're shutting down what's been happening because it's been creating issues uh, in in the town and at the college, uh, logistical issues. And uh, so they, they've had to say, look, the, the it, it started to become a negative more than a positive. Uh, and so the college leadership said, look, we're, you know, let's ask God to continue to work in phenomenal ways, but let's get it spread out so that it's not centralized here on our campus in our small little town that has one street that runs through it um, and creating traffic issues and uh, all kinds of varying different types of issues. So they, um, they uh, are, are changing up what's taking place there. But the movement of God can't be, it's not just contained to uh, a chapel uh, in Wilmore, Kentucky. It's spread to other college campuses. And, and you know, I would say, and uh, had some good conversation uh, over the last few days. I think it was yesterday, actually, at lunch, talking with somebody uh, about. You know, how much do we want to orchestrate things? And uh, I would say, I would love, and this is as far as I'll go with it, I I would love to see people at the end of a service or at the beginning of a service without prompting and without show, without fanfare, just simply say, we're going to stay and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for our church for a while. We're going to pray for our community for a while. We're going to pray for what God is doing in the kingdom of God in our area for a while. And people just to linger and to stay Without being humanly prompted, let it be a prompting of the Spirit of God. That's as much human prompting as I think we're going to get uh, on that issue. But, I mean, would it not be phenomenal to see this type of um, outpouring in in your church in Florida? Uh, Would it not be phenomenal to see this type of outpouring in your church in Virginia? Would it not be phenomenal to see this type of... uh, outpouring in your church in Lancaster? Would it not be phenomenal to see this type of outpouring in uh, your church in Morrill or wherever your church may be? I know we have some other folks, uh, maybe Palermo. I'm not sure uh, where where Dinah Kay, what what your church home is. I never asked that question, Uh, but to see that pouring out. I I think of the church in, in Lancaster where Walter goes, if there were a movement like this at his church, it would be global in scope because I think his church, uh, the church that he attends, is probably larger, considerably larger than is uh, Asbury Seminary. And if there was a move of the Spirit of God akin to what we have seen in Asbury at his church, and, and, and that particular church is a huge global missions church, just for the record. Huge, huge global missions church. Uh, it would have impacts around the globe. 
So friends, why don't we pray for that type of outpouring uh, in in our churches uh, that, that we would see people getting saved? And, and I got a nice message yesterday from Nell, uh, just just talking about you know how nice it was to see people uh, who just said we got to be in church, uh, and so a whole family. His mama dragged her whole family out of church, but even the kids seemed to be interacting yesterday. And uh, it, it doesn't have to be a big church. What what if it's a little church, a smaller church like our church? And God is at work, and God is at work, and we need to see the work of God that's taking place in our midst. We need to pray for the work of God that's taking place in our midst and be excited for the work of God that's taking place uh, in our midst. And uh, so I, I just but I encourage us to pray. Again, going back to what's been happening down at, uh, at Asbury, uh, there people on online you know skeptics uh you know is this the definition of revival and you know it has to fit into their particular boxes and 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 as well other people that have gone to observe to get a firsthand account my good friend uh, Dr. Eric Tober who lives over in uh, in Ohio not that far away uh, drove down to observe himself uh, just what was taking place, and and his report was, you know, there was nothing, uh, there was no fanfare, no hype. It would just seem to be people coming and going, and God was there. And uh, and I highly respect my brother, uh, Doctor Eric Tober, and uh, what he would have to say about the, the situation. And I've read other accounts of what was taking place, and and for the most part people that went and observed said <laughs> there, there, there was no advertising there was no social media that, that they were promoting others were promoting it uh, individuals promoting but uh yes the president did did make a post uh because he's the president and uh but was not inviting people wasn't you know, just saying this seems to be what's happening and as a president I'm trying to figure out how to navigate this so um Same in our lives, uh, and same in Jesus' life. Uh, the people challenged his authority. Picking up in Matthew chapter 21, verse 23, Jesus has done these things. It says, Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests and elders of the people came to him. By what authority are you doing these things? They asked, who gave you this authority? Um Kind of what I was just talking about, what happens in our day. Well, what seminary are you from? Where's your degree from? Uh, who are you ordained by? Um, you know, what, what is your plan? Uh, who gave you permission to do this? Uh, this seems to be outside the purview of the way that we think God ought to be doing things. I mean, that that's, that's a little bit about what's going on here. And, and so they're entering the temple. Jesus has entered the temple. He's teaching, and so these religious leaders questioning his authority. Jesus replied to them, I will also ask you a question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. Now, Jesus was the master at asking questions. If you 
want to diffuse uh, somebody who is a critic, a skeptic, a cynic, uh, somebody who's coming after you, sometimes it isn't best to argue back. It isn't best to debate. Sometimes the best thing you can do is ask a question. Jesus was so masterful at asking questions. So that's exactly what he does here. If you can answer my question, I'll answer your question. So he says to them, John's baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or of human origin? So they discussed among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he'll ask them, why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, we're afraid of the people, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. And then Jesus said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Look at how he handled this. With such dignity, with such grace, asking a question, questions can oftentimes diffuse our enemies. I'm going to step away from the mic for just about 10 seconds. Be right back. And I'm back. Notice the, the conundrum that he is creating in his question. If they say from heaven and they themselves had not responded, uh, if, um, if they say, well, it, it's just a human thing, then all the people who flocked out to John's baptism would be going, we really believe he was a prophet. We really believe that he's somebody we should have been responding to, somebody we should have been listening to, and and uh, the people would have been upset. So they are in a conundrum about just how to answer Jesus. And Jesus wisely set them up and goes on and, and says, well, then I'm not going to tell you by whose authority I'm doing these things. He would be thinking, it ought to be evident to you that I'm doing these things by the authority of my Father in heaven who has uh, given me the prerogative, uh, given me the ability to do the very things that, that I've been doing. I mean, there's only a few sources of this type of authority, these types of actions. And think of the authority. It isn't the authority he was telling people around. It was the authority to raise the dead. It was the authority to... Uh, cast out demons. It was the authority to uh, heal those who were sick, to give sight to the blind, to help those who were uh, incapacitated to walk, to help those who could not speak to speak, to help those who could not hear to hear, and to teach with such simple yet prolific authority it created this problem, it created this stir, it created this buzz, it created the type of thing that happened, as we read last week, where the people came out as Jesus came into Jerusalem and were throwing down palm branches and clothing in front of him, in, in essence creating a, um, like a red carpet, if you will, green carpet, uh, thinking palm branches, uh, 
for him to walk into uh, Jerusalem. And they're all shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And, and this bothered the religious leaders. Friends, I mean, I, I just I want to say to us, are you ready for God to do things differently than what you're accustomed to? Are you ready for God to do things differently than maybe your church structure uh, has been set up uh, in, in the ways that you think that, you know, this this is how we do things in our church, even our own church. You know, what 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 I'm doing right now is different. I, I got, uh, I've gotten some emails from people and um, dear couple yesterday, pastor, we're, we're going to miss you. There are people that are away and then here and then away and then here, uh, like Florida away. And, uh, none of you just for the record. Uh, and it's like, I, I'm really not going away. I'm just going to be away a bunch. And, uh, um, yes, I mean, our church could decide that, that over the next year or two or six months or whatever, that uh, we need to have a, a new senior pastor. That's fine, you know, uh, but I will still be around. I will still have an online presence. Uh, I will still teach at Veracity Chapel as they allow me to do so uh, and probably will create a platform that the, the other aspects of the ministries in which I am involved will, will become the platform for what we do right here in the mornings. It could continue as a part of the Veracity Chapel ministry. If they want it to be, it may uh, be a part of the concentric ministry. Uh, could even be a part of the New England Bible College and Seminary ministry. Uh, God has, has put me in this place. It's not that I've necessarily run after these things, but it seems that God has put me in these places, uh, and we will continue but again, authority, uh, structure, it, it's, you know, the, the, the very moment that I said uh, to our elders a few weeks ago, a month ago now, maybe, uh, about my my plan, it's like, well, we can have a search committee and we're going to, you know, go find a new pastor. It's like, you guys aren't getting it. And uh, I think now they understand and, and get it that, that you know, let, let's, let's figure out how to structure ourselves first. Um, the question of uh, what about us? I mean, that that's a question. Well, yeah, uh, you have elders, you have deacons, you have people who are highly qualified among you with within Veracity Chapel uh, who can be those caregivers. Uh, we've had a pastor-centric model for far too long in churches. It needs to be a a a. a priesthood of believers model in the churches. You were all called to be ministers. Go look at first, uh, first Peter chapters one and two, especially chapter two. And you'll realize that the in fact, go to Ephesians chapter four and look at Ephesians chapter four, it, the role of, of, of the that fivefold role that I've talked about, the, the apostles, uh, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers their role is to equip the people for the ministry. That's the role. And to, to begin to do things differently, uh, some would, would say, well, we just can't do it differently. Do you want to multiply? Um, do, you want, do you want to see the works of God in, in, in 
full-on number, then maybe we need to change. Maybe we need to get out of the ruts in which we find ourselves at times. Now, I, I've kind of di- diverged a little bit from um, the text at hand here, but by what authority? Uh, if God were to tell us to do something, there's there was a large church in um, down south. I'm trying to remember if it was Louisville. Louisville is in Kentucky. Uh, that I don't know, twenty some thousand people, large buildings, large facilities. They intentionally disbanded and sold their buildings. And when they say disbanded, they disbanded into smaller movements because they felt they would have a bigger disciple-making impact by being smaller entities than this one great, big, huge entity that came to hear the famous preacher. That was the decision made by the leadership. And we go, why, why, why would they do that? All these people are coming. Because it's about the end product, because it's about the fruit that happens in the end. It's about people living as disciples, not going to hear the famous preacher. That's that's the goal. And I would tell you, as a as a preacher, I was going to say famous, I'm not famous, but as a preacher, I would tell you, I would far rather see disciple-making fruit than, than have uh, 50,000 people come listen to me now, if 50,000 people came and listened to me and and, and took uh, to heart the challenge uh, that's given through the preaching and through the teaching, okay, so be it. But if it's, it's okay, we just have our crowd of 50,000 people or 20,000 people, and they're great, great preachers, and I, I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, diminishing the impact of large churches and, and, and people like uh, Dr. David Jeremiah or Dr. Uh, Alistair Begg, I don't know. In fact, I'm not even sure if Alistair has a doctorate or not, but Alistair Begg or Dr. John MacArthur or Dr. Charles R. Swindoll or uh, any of these other uh, preachers, uh, Greg Laurie, uh, the, I'm, not, I'm not diminishing that. But what I am saying is if God moves and, and, and tries to get his people to go a different direction, we need to go with him as, as he instructs us to do. And sometimes it's, it creates this, say what, what, what do you, what? Friend, just obey God. Just do what God tells you to do. Follow God as he he tells you, and uh, he will do absolutely incredible things. He has the authority. These religious leaders that we've looked at in this passage, uh, couldn't handle that Jesus was saying things differently, couldn't handle that he was confronting them about their own duplicity, Wasn't couldn't handle that he was confronting them about their own hypocrisy. I know it's hypocrisy. Um, they couldn't handle it, yet neither could they answer the question that he raised, that he surfaced to them about by whose authority am I doing these things? But you know what? Here's a daily practical reality for us as well. How often do we challenge Jesus' authority? How often do we question God as God does things? I mean, it could be hard things that we're going through, and we question God and say, God, I, I just I don't understand what you're doing here. Um, 
or God, it just seems weird that you're prompting me to go this direction. It just doesn't seem I ought to be going this direction. Uh, and, and so we we don't go. We, we disobey uh, because we often in our own daily lives challenge Jesus' authority. I just want to encourage us not to do that. I want to encourage us to take to heart the promptings and the workings and the wooings of the Spirit and that we would do exactly what he tells us to do, to not challenge the authority of Jesus in our own lives, but to go along with just exactly what he is instructing us, what he is telling us we ought to do. A couple things we take out of this. A, if you have someone kind of challenging you and asking you questions, learn instead of responding defensively, uh, instead of responding argumentatively, perhaps just learn to be like Jesus and respond with a question that makes them ponder, makes them slow down a little bit on how they want to uh, challenge you and push you. Secondly, uh, to think that God might do some things differently, a new thing in our day, and that we would go along with him in that. Thirdly, to not question his authority. Uh, but as he prompts, as he goads, as he draws, as he instructs, as he inspires, that we'd go right along with him in everything that he is asking for us to do. Well, I'm not going to push down further into this passage. I'm going to stop there. I know we we got a, a little bit of a late start because of internet, but but I, 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 I hope that I have given you some things that you can um, take away, things that you can take to heart. I look at a couple of the comments over here. Walter saying this. Walter saying we challenge God's authority. We are saying we know better than him in a situation. And yet we do that. Sometimes we, we do challenge him and, and say, we, we know better than you, God, in this situation. And uh, it happens a lot, honestly. Um, he says no to something, and, and we continue to press on. Uh, or he's trying to get us to do something, and, and, and we won't move, we won't budge uh, to go along with him and his authority, his promptings, his workings, his wooings in our lives. Lord, help us. Help us today to walk with you. Help us today to obey you. Help us today to not challenge your authority. Help us if you're trying to move and lead in a little bit different direction. Help us to go along with you, to walk with you, to obey you, that we might experience your blessing. Wherever it is that we are today, whatever you ask us to do, Lord, this is our prayer, that we might glorify you. In Jesus' name, Lord, hear our prayer. Have a great day, everyone. We will see you tomorrow.